We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 8 of the Waiver Wire Rider podcast on Rotoviz Radio. I am your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we are going to be taking a look at players who you should consider adding ahead of your Week 10 NFL matchups this fantasy football season. These suggestions are made based off of PPR scoring, so be sure to adjust accordingly if you are playing in a different format. And as always, you can reach out to me with questions on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Throughout the course of the week, I will do my best to respond to any tweets or DMs that you may send my way. So without further Further ado, let's get into the show. As we get ready to discuss week 10 and the quarterback position, it is worth noting that we are stuck with four buys that we have to navigate this week, those buys being for the Chicago Bears, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Houston Texans, and the New York Giants. I would say that of those teams that are on by, the only quarterback in particular that you are really down this week is probably Joe Burrow, more likely than not. Uh, then, of course, you have several very good wide receivers also um, on the Bengals in particular, uh, Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins, maybe to a lesser degree, Tyler Boyd. Uh, for the Texans, you're down Brandon Cooks. That's, that's a tough one to navigate. The Bears haven't really given a whole lot in fantasy this year possibly David Montgomery now that he's healthy um, following this past week's game against the Steelers and then of course for the Giants we're without Saquon Barkley we have been for most of the season not a lot of real contributors um, on the Giants maybe the closest one outside Daniel Jones would be Kadarius Tony, but he did not turn in the most solid of week um, in week nine so um, not not the worst week of buys to navigate we've certainly seen worse but as far as quarterbacks go the first one who I want to take a look at for this week um, is a man who we've mentioned on this show several times before 
it is Carson Wentz of the Indianapolis Colts. He is currently rostered in 60% of leagues, so he's not a under-owned quarterback, but he's also not the highest owned. Um, and I think that, you know, anytime we talk about adding quarterbacks, what you're really looking for is just a player who maybe you need over a stretch of time because you're not doing that well at the position. In week nine against the New York Jets, uh, the, the Colts won 45-30. They get the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 10. And in that game against the Colts, Carson Wentz completed 22 of 30 passes for 272 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. He also rushed for 13 yards and finished the day with 24.18 fantasy points, which was good enough for the quarterback five overall in what was really just a very down week um, overall for fantasy. Uh, Certainly adding Carson Wentz is never something that you're going to feel great about, but um, he has been relatively solid over the course of the season. He has averaged 18.56 fantasy points per game, but has given us four performances of 20 or more fantasy points. Of course, this past week, he had 24.18 against the New York Jets. And what I was really looking at with this position uh, heading into this week was really just quarterbacks who can maybe give us more than uh, one week of usability. So in particular for Carson Wentz, um, he has a couple of decent games on the schedule for him, and he's been playing well, like I previously said. So he gets the Jaguars in Week 10. He gets the Bills in Week 11. That might be the toughest matchup. And then he gets Tampa Bay and Houston in Weeks 13 and Weeks 12 and 13. Um, So he's kind of a guy who looks like he may be a little bit of a safe start. Even if he's not the best player, if you're really struggling at the position, you might be able to add Wentz for a duration of time and start him for the next several weeks in hopes that he gives you some decent performances. If he gets you between 20 to 22 points, that's not a half bad week. He's probably going to finish in the top 12 with that. Um, and then, you know, you can worry about navigating the position in the weeks to come if he still um, is on your team but maybe isn't isn't looking the best or doesn't have the best matchups after week 13 against the Texans. So um, Carson Wentz, I'm only doing about 2 to 3% fab on him. It's a quarterback position. We're treating these podcast largely is one quarterback league so he's not a player who I'm ever trying to spend too much on um, at the quarterback position but two to three percent fab bid if you need him maybe if you're really desperate you go a little bit higher but I would say Carson wins for the first quarterback two to three percent fab currently rostered in 60 percent of Yahoo leagues the next quarterback we're going to look at is New England Patriots quarterback Mac Jones Mac Jones is currently rostered in 30 percent of leagues in week nine he and the Patriots defeated the Carolina Panthers 24 to 6 on the road in Carolina in week 10 they played host to the Cleveland Browns. In their game against the Panthers, Mac Jones completed 12 of 18 passes for 139 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. He finished the day with just 6.96 fantasy points. It was good for the quarterback 27 overall. Uh, Mac Jones has not been a stud this week, but when you look at some of the quarterbacks who are likely available in your fantasy leagues and who you're looking to play, you'll realize that it's kind of difficult to decide who you may want to actually consider adding for a streaming option. So what I decided to do to navigate this was I went back and I looked at the Rotoviz strength of schedule tool and I looked at quarterbacks with favorable matchups over the next three weeks. The one who ended up coming in with the fifth with the sixth easiest matchup was Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. Um, there were a couple matchups who were also ahead of those but um, most of those quarterbacks are already likely rostered in all of your fantasy leagues so mentioning them wouldn't have done you a lot of good. The quarterback who is fourth the next quarterback we're going to look at is Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. He is currently rostered in 30% of fantasy leagues in Week 9. Jones and the Patriots defeated the Carolina Panthers 24-6 on the road in Carolina. In Week 10, the Patriots play host to the Cleveland Browns. In their win against the Panthers, Mac Jones completed 12 of 18 passes for 139 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. He finished the day with just 6.96 fantasy points. It was good for quarterback 27 overall. Certainly, you never want that kind of player 
in your lineup. But um, the one struggle that I found when looking at positions, uh, the quarterback position in particular for this coming week, was that there were not a lot of quarterbacks who I thought were worth starting um, in week 10 on top of that um, who were also low owned. So what I decided to do is kind of pivot off of what I usually do in terms of just naming a guy um, outright based on a recent performance or two. And I decided to instead look ahead at upcoming weeks in case you're able to stash a quarterback uh, who may offer you a little, little bit of upside over the next several weeks. So I went into the Rotoviz Strength of Schedule tool, which you can check out on rotoviz.com. And I looked at quarterbacks who have the most favorable matchups over the next three weeks based on strength of schedule. And Mac Jones ended up as the quarterback six um, in terms of ease of schedule for the next three weeks. Um, the quarterbacks ahead of him were all largely owned in fantasy, with the exception of Jared Goff, who actually had the fourth easiest schedule. But he is Jared Goff. They are the Detroit Lions. I have a little bit more confidence in Mac Jones going forward. That Jared Goff has not been great either. In the next three weeks, Mac Jones gets games against the Cleveland Browns, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Tennessee Titans. On the year, Jones has thrown for 2,135 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions, but is averaging just 13.8 fantasy points per game. So again, it's not great. It's not something that you're going to love doing. Maybe this is something that you consider for more of a super flex league instead of a one quarterback league. Hopefully there you may have better options than Mac Jones. Um, but nonetheless, I just kind of try to find a way to navigate things a little bit differently this week, given that most of the quarterbacks who are worth starting or worth rostering were already likely rostered uh, or just not very good options. So I try to get a little bit creative with this one using the Rotoviz Strength of Schedule tool, one of the many awesome tools that we offer here at Rotoviz. So be sure to check that out. It will definitely help you with other decisions going forward as it helped me with um, the Smack Jones decision. Again, the next two weeks, Cleveland, Atlanta, Tennessee Titans. I'd be looking to do about a 1% to 2% fab bid on Mac Jones in one quarterback leagues. He's not someone who I think you absolutely need. Uh, hopefully you have a better option than him, but um, it was just kind of the way things kind of fell this week. Not a lot of impressive performances, not a lot of guys who are available who you'd want to be starting, so I, I got a little bit different with that. Now we're going to take a look at the running back position, and the first running back we're going to look at is Ravens running back Devonta Freeman, who is currently just rostered in 20% of leagues. In week nine, Freeman and the Ravens defeated the Minnesota Vikings 34-31 to in Baltimore. The Ravens play on Thursday night at Miami in week 10. In their win over the Minnesota Vikings, Devonta Freeman led the Ravens with 13 carries for 79 yards and no touchdowns, but he did manage to find the end zone through the air on two catches for four yards on three targets, finishing the day with 16.3 fantasy points, which was good for running back 10 overall. The running back position in Baltimore, as you probably know by now, is one of the more difficult um, and, and complex situations in terms of running back usage. The fact that they're all running backs who are well past their prime, with the exception of Tyson Williams, who is not used, and just the fact that, you know, that at the end of the day, they're also competing with Lamar Jackson for touches. So uh, right now, at least we're heading this week into week 10, Devonta Freeman looks like the back to own in Baltimore out of all of the former superstar backs in that backfield. Of course, you have Latavius Murray. He's currently nursing an ankle injury and then also Le'Veon Bell, but Devonta Freeman looks like the back to own right now for at least this one week. On the year, Freeman is averaging 5.7 yards per carry and has actually turned in three straight top 24 PPR performances. He's seen decent work in the rushing game along with the passing game, and I think he would be in line for a nice matchup against the Dolphins this week as the Dolphins are allowing the 15th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Now, Freeman is 29 years old 
His best days are certainly behind him, but I think that he could give us some high-end running back three weeks and some low-end running back two weeks moving forward. Um, I think the situation with that backfield overall remains fluid. The Ravens did sign Latavius Murray. They were running him a decent amount when he was healthy, but he's probably going to be out this week again against the Miami Dolphins, which could lead way to Freeman seeing another, you know, 12 to maybe 15 rush attempts per game. Um, Again, this week against the Dolphins, even Le'Veon Bell had 11 carries for 48 yards in this one. So uh, the Ravens are breaking up the backfield touches kind of, you know, interestingly between their two backs right now. Tyson Williams did not register a carry or a reception in that game. And it was actually Lamar Jackson who led the Ravens in terms of rushing attempts of 21 on the day, which was a little bit abnormal for Lamar Jackson, who has been doing more throwing than running. But this is kind of what the situation is calling for in Baltimore, having to lean on Lamar Jackson some games to run more than maybe the Ravens would like to see. If you are looking to add Freeman, I'd be doing about 15 to 20% fab bid on him. That may be a bit aggressive if you're wanting to be on the lower end of that. I certainly don't blame you. I would say that if you're desperate, maybe you're certainly on the higher end of that. But I view Freeman as a guy who we're just kind of adding and then we're going to start him week to week based on what we know and what we see and hope that the previous week's output um, leads us to having another good output the following week. I don't have a lot of confidence in this Ravens backfield, but Freeman has looked decent when given the chance to run. And he does have, um, like I said, three straight top 24 performances. So he has a little bit of fantasy usability um, going forward, at least for now. So 15 to 20% fab on Devontae Freeman. Again, if you're not loving him, maybe you're on the lower end of that. But if you're desperate, you go to the higher end of the 20%. The next running back we're going to take a look at is Arizona Cardinals running back Eno Benjamin, uh, who in week nine rushed nine times for 39 yards and one touchdown in a 31-17 win at the San Francisco 49ers in week 10. Benjamin and the Cardinals play host to the Carolina Panthers. In that game against the 49ers, Benjamin rushed um, again 39 yards for one touchdown. He had 9.9 fantasy points on the day, which was good for running back 34 overall. He did not see any work in the passing game. But the second-year running back out of Arizona State gets a mention here because Chase Edmonds has been ruled out for the next several weeks with what has been diagnosed as a high ankle sprain that he suffered in that win against the 49ers. Now, we already know that James Conner is going to be the running back to lead Arizona's backfield. He did so in Week 9 against the San Francisco 49ers, rushing 21 times for 96 yards and two touchdowns. He finishes the overall running back one with 40.3 fantasy points, but I think that Benjamin will likely see some work in the coming weeks given the way that the Cardinals have split up their backfield usage over the season. Um, right now, the Cardinals currently rank fifth in the league at a 46% rush rate overall with a 45% rush rate in neutral game scripts, which ranks ninth overall. Prior to week nine, James Conner, again, largely presumed to be the backup running back to Chase Edmonds, was actually leading the team in rush attempts per game with 11.9. Edmonds was just behind him at 9.6 carries per game. So again, that was weeks one through eight. Um, now, I think that we could see that shift become more so James Conner Connor still leading the team in rush attempts, perhaps with a few more per game, but there is room for Benjamin to, I think, see somewhere between eight to 10 touches a game, whether that's split up, you know, evenly between carries and receptions or more so with carries than it is receptions. We know that Benjamin is going to be seeing some kind of a workload going forward. At least that's the hope. Um, for those who may not remember, you know, Benjamin was once upon a time regarded as a decent third down back um, prospect coming out of Arizona State. He had elite production profiles in both um, running 
catching and and pass catching at Arizona State over the last two years in particular. But then once he got to the NFL draft, he kind of tested himself out of being perceived as a top pick and ended up being drafted late in the 2020 NFL draft. I believe he was drafted as like as like a a seventh round pick. He he was he he almost went undrafted. But um, nevertheless, Benjamin does have the ability to work in both the running and the passing game. I think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to give him some looks just because there's no one else in their backfield right now. I think that he is the de facto running back two for the next several weeks. And I think that he may be um, someone who's going to be probably more touchdown dependent than not. And we know James Conner has the goal line role. So you're banking on uh, what's probably going to be a long touchdown run for Benjamin to really give you a usable week as we saw this past week where he had a 21-yard touchdown run. But nevertheless, I think that Benjamin could be a player who um, in deeper leagues, if you're maybe starting three to four running backs, maybe you have multiple flexes. I think Benjamin is a player who you can maybe throw in there who has a probably a low floor, but maybe can give you a, a, a decent ceiling of like a 10-point performance. So um, I'd be doing 8 to 10% fab on Eno Benjamin uh, right now going forward. He's a player who I definitely want to have stashed on my bench if I have room, just knowing how the, the Cardinals run the ball. And if something happens to James Conner, then Edmonds becomes the next in line. And we know James Conner does not have the cleanest bill of health. So 8 to 10% fab bid on Eno Benjamin for our second running back on this week's list. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Looking now at the wide receiver position, the first wide receiver we're going to take a look at is New York Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore, who is currently rostered in 27% of Yahoo leagues. In week 9 against the Indianapolis Colts, Moore and the Jets lost 45-30. to In that game, Moore saw 8 targets. He caught 7 passes for 84 yards and 2 touchdowns. He finished the week as the overall wide receiver 1 with 27.4 fantasy points. Now the Jets will host the Buffalo Bills in week 10. In regards to Moore, um, he he was the overall wide receiver one this week. He has now averaged 6.7 targets per game over the last three weeks. And over the last three weeks, he has also posted double-digit performances in each of those games. He appears to be on the rise overall in New York's passing attack. Um, again, with the uptick in targets and obviously now production and fantasy points. Um, and I think he's going to be one of the hottest waiver wire ads given his overall wide receiver one performances. You're probably going to have to get a little bit aggressive on the bids for more this season. But we knew that Moore had it in him to be an elite fantasy wide receiver. While he's probably not going to fully realize that potential this season, I do think that he could be a high-end wide receiver three and a low-end wide receiver two more often than not um, that will occasionally still give you these these wide receiver one finishes, although I think you'd be hard-pressed to see him finish as the overall wide receiver one again this season. The thing that might be the worst part for Elijah Moore could just be the fact that Zach Wilson is probably going to end up returning from injury. Moore has definitely looked a lot better with Mike White and also Josh Johnson behind center. Zach Wilson is out for probably at least the next one the two weeks with the PCL injury that he suffered um, in week seven. But I think that Elijah Moore nonetheless is a decent option. He was a second round draft pick this past year out of Ole Miss. We know that he is a good receiving talent. We know that he's a guy who can stretch the field. We know that he can also work in the intermediate parts of the field, which we've seen him do a little bit of both at this point in time in this season. So um, if you're looking for maybe a wide receiver three, wide receiver four to add this week, I would say that Elijah Moore certainly looks like a decent option. It's hard to not like what he did um, in week nine against the Indianapolis Colts. So I'd be doing about a 15 to 20% fab bid on him, um, especially in these PPR leagues. We know that if at any point in time he continues to find a groove and see more work, that he's only going to become more valuable moving forward. So right now, currently rostered at 27% in the league, probably going to have to be aggressive to go out there and get him. I think 15 to 20% is a decent price for him. And then just slide him in to one of your wide receiver three or wide receiver four spots and see what happens. I think he could provide some nice leverage for you um, moving forward if what we see lately will continue um, in the coming weeks. The next wide receiver we're going to look at is Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Russell Gage, who is currently rostered in 16% of leagues. In week 9, Gage and the Falcons defeated the New Orleans Saints on the road in New Orleans 27-25. In week 10, the Falcons head to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. In that week 9 win against the Saints, Gage saw 8 targets. He caught 7 passes for 64 yards. He did not find the end zone, but he finished with 13.4 fantasy points and is overall wide receiver 21. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, if you've tracked any of what I've said even on some road of his podcast here you know that I am without a doubt the original founding member of the Russell Gage fan club after um, I became a fan of his following the Mohamed Sanu trade to the Patriots back in 2018 so I'm all in on Russell Gage he's a guy who has largely operated as a slot wide receiver for the Falcons in the past but this year he's actually seen more of a split between lining up out wide and lining up as a slot now the problem with Gage is that he's going to give you weeks like this where he gives you double digit fantasy points um, in week seven he actually had 
just over 16 fantasy points, but in week eight, he had approximately zero fantasy points with zero targets. So over the last three weeks, Gage has seen six, zero, and eight targets, um, despite the fact that he's played no less than 37 snaps in either of those three games. He's averaged exactly 10 fantasy points per game over that three-game span, and we know that he's a decent deep flex play, but he's not someone who you can always rely on to be um, that wide receiver who's going to give you these productive weeks. Again, he had he had zero targets in week seven. That's almost unprecedented when you think about it. I'm sorry, he had zero targets in week eight. It's almost unprecedented when you think about it, um, just given what the Falcons wide receiver situation currently looks like with Calvin Ridley being out. But nonetheless, Gage is a player who you're going to throw in as maybe a third or fourth wide receiver, kind of like Elijah Moore, and hopes that he gives you a decent floor in some weeks. Now, because we know that Gage is not the most explosive wide receiver, most of his work is done in the short area of the field. I'd be doing about a seven to ten percent fab on him. He's going to more likely to not need to give you a touchdown in order to really get above that 10 point threshold more weeks than not but he can be a player who is going to be a decent wide receiver three wide receiver four option for you if your leagues run that deep now we're going to get into the tight end position and the first tight end we're going to take a look at is chicago bears tight end cole Komet, who is currently rostered in 20 percent of fantasy leagues in week nine Komet and the bears lost on the road in pittsburgh 29 to 27 and in week 10 the bears as previously mentioned are on the bye so keep in mind that if you are adding him you cannot start him this week but he may be a decent stash and i'm going to tell you why uh in just a moment here in their loss to the steelers commit saw eight targets which he turned into six catches for 87 yards he did not score a touchdown in this one but he saw his first double digit performance of the day with 14.7 fantasy points which was good for tight end five overall now if you're a reader of my red zone report article which publishes every friday morning on rotoviz you would know that commit was mentioned in my red zone report after his week eight performance when he saw three red zone targets which led all tight ends in red zone targets for that week. Over the last four weeks, Komet has seen targets of five, six, six, and eight respectively. Um, and again, he posted his first double-digit PPR performance of the season against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. Um, on the year, Komet has 28 catches for 284 yards on 44 targets. The real downside with him is the simple fact that he has not yet scored a touchdown on the season. Um, his his overall target volume is good. Again, he's seen 44 targets. For most tight ends, we would love to see a target volume at this point in time in the season. Komet's pacing for nearly 80 targets on the year which is very good for a tight end what we really need to see out of commit now is some positive touchdown regression which could certainly happen at any given point we obviously wouldn't expect a tight end who has seen 44 targets at this point in the season to have zero touchdowns but that's exactly what commit has right now um justin fields has seemed seemingly gotten more comfortable with targeting commit as the season has gone on again he had eight targets last week he's a guy who um if i'm really desperate at the tight end position who i'm feeling more comfortably starting over some other tight ends who would be available to us at this point in time in the year so i'd be looking to add commit i'd be doing a five to seven percent fab bid on him if i can afford to stash him as a second tight end on my roster for the week while i roll out somebody else in his place and then once week 11 rolls around put commit in your lineup see what happens maybe he continues to see the target volume that he has over the last several weeks and then connects with justin fields on a touchdown to kind of boost his overall fantasy performance and really start looking more like the player he probably should be given the volume he's receiving so i would be doing about a five to seven percent fab bid on Cole Komet right now stash him in week 10 if you got room and then see what happens in week 11 when he returns from his bye.
The next tight end we're going to look at is Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth, who is currently rostered in 40% of leagues. He just finished up playing Cole Komet and the Bears on Monday Night Football in Week 9. He was on the winning end of that game as he and the Steelers won at home 29-27. In Week 10, Fryermuth and the Steelers play host to the Detroit Lions. Last week against the Bears, Fryermuth saw six targets. He caught five passes for 43 yards and two touchdowns. He finished the week as the overall tight end one with 21.3 fantasy points. Now, if you've listened to this show a couple times before, you know by now that this is probably the second or third time that Friar Muth has been mentioned on the show. A few weeks ago, he was added um, as a super sleeper at the end of the show where I said he's a guy you're probably going to want to stash, um, that he could have some big weeks in line after his week six performance following the loss of Juju Smith-Schuster in week five. Friar Muth has looked good now for the last several weeks. Um, over the last three weeks in particular, he has posted PPR performances of 12.8, 14.4, and now 21.3 fantasy points points respectively. Um, He has become one of Big Ben's favorite targets over the last several weeks, again, since Juju Smith-Schuster went down in week five, and we know that having an elite tight end in fantasy can be a tremendous edge for your roster, Um, which I think now Friar Muth is kind of, you know, looking like that player as he's now given us three tight end one weeks and three very solid tight end one weeks. I would say that right now, Friar Muth is officially crossed into the territory that I like to call my, my set and forget territory, where it's just a tight end because I know the position is so gross. If I find a guy who I think can produce more weeks than not, I just put him in my lineup every weekend. I start him and I wait for him to prove me wrong. Um, Sometimes it comes back to bite me, but more often than not, it removes the difficult decision of having to find a tight end each week who I'm starting and then kicking myself for picking the wrong one. So um, over the next couple of weeks, Fryermuth gets matchups again this week against the Lions. Then he gets the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Ravens, all teams who are more than capable of giving up some plays to the tight end position. And again, with the way Fryermuth operates kind of in the intermediate parts of the field as a tight end, Working with Ben Roethlisberger, I think he is going to continue to be one of Ben's favorite targets going forward, especially if he continues to produce at the level that he has produced so far over these last several weeks. So now Fryermuth is still only 40% rostered in leagues. Last week, he was rostered in 10% of leagues when I did this show, so he is going up in a big way. He's probably going to be rostered somewhere between 70 to 80% of leagues at a minimum after this week's waiver wire period. So you're also going to have to bid the most you have at any point in this season to get him. I'd probably be doing about 15 to 20% fab bid on Fryermuth at this point in time. Um, I think that he is a tight end who you can first of all set and forget hopefully going forward for the remainder of the season and that he is also going to be one of the tight ends who is now going to be a de facto tight end one more weeks than not and perhaps even give you a significant edge over your opponents if he continues to give you um, outputs like the 14.4 fantasy points he did last week or the 21.3 fantasy points he did this past Monday against the Chicago Bears. So um, Pat Fryermuth probably a set and forget tight end at this point in time. I'd be doing 15 to 20 percent fab on him if I'm looking for a tight end who I no longer have to worry about for the remainder of the season. We're now going to get into the portion of the show that I like to call our super sleepers portion, which is players who I like to mention who I believe are underowned, who could end up turning into league winners for you if you get them on your roster early and then do not have to bid up for them later in the season when they have that breakout game or did something completely unexpected where now everyone is rushing to add them. So um, I usually give two every week. I got two for this week. And the first player who I'm going to mention is a running back who is by no means a secret in the league fantasy gamers have been 
drafting this guy for a few years now, but I was shocked to see that he was only rostered in 46% of leagues when looking over players for this week, and I thought he was worth mentioning in case he happens to not be rostered in any of your leagues, and that is Minnesota Vikings running back Alexander Madison, who is currently only rostered in 46% of leagues. Again, we know the name Alexander Madison. I'm not going to go all in on a bunch of details about him other than he is the immediate backup to running back Dalvin Cook of the Vikings, and in the games that Dalvin Cook has missed this year, uh, Madison has rushed for 23.1 or more fantasy points in each of those games. He has two fantasy performances where he rushed for just over 23 and then just over 26 fantasy points, but he hasn't done anything of note since week five. I think what has happened over the last several weeks with bye weeks is that Alexander Madison has become a roster casualty for teams looking to navigate the bye week and the fact that he has not done anything for really the last four or five weeks, so people are dropping him, and now I think that this is my chance to tell you all to take a quick look at your waiver wire, see if he's available, and perhaps add Alexander Madison on the cheap, with the obvious understanding being that if something happens to Dalvin Cook, you now have a potential league winner on your hands in Madison, because we know what he's capable of doing when he is named the starter. Um, This past week against the Ravens, he had four carries for zero yards, and he only had one catch for three yards, so he did nothing to stand out this week. He's not someone who's going to be hot on the waiver wire ads in terms of someone who you're going to have to bid a lot on. You can probably drop a 3-5% to fab bid on him if you just want to make sure that no one else in your league wins him over you, but I was very surprised to see that Madison is only rostered in 46% of Yahoo leagues right now, and I would strongly recommend that if you're playing in a league like Yahoo or ESPN or NFL.com or something of that nature, go ahead, go over to your waiver wires, take a look, see if they're floating around there, and if they are, I would definitely be prioritizing Madison as a stash for later in the season um, as the immediate backup to Dalvin Cook. So a uh, 3 to 5% bid on Madison should get it done for you. I don't think there's going to be too many people excitedly looking to add him this waiver wire period. And then for our last super sleeper of the week, we are going to look at Tennessee Titans running back Deontay Foreman, who is currently rostered in 1% of leagues. Foreman and the Titans are coming off of a 28-16 road win against the Los Angeles Rams in Week 9. And in Week 10, they play host to the New Orleans Saints. In their win over the Rams, Foreman had 5 carries for 29 yards and 0 touchdowns. He did not see any work in the passing game. He only finished with 2.9 fantasy points, which was good for the running back 59 overall. But we finally got the look to see what the Tennessee Titans backfield is going to look like without Derrick Henry, at least for this first week here. So um, in their first game without Derrick Henry, the Titans gave Adrian Peterson 10 carries. They gave Jeremy McNichols 7 carries and Deontay Foreman 5 carries. But of those three backs, Freeman rushed for the most yards on the day with 29 yards and averaged 5.8 yards per carry in the process. Now, Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McNichols are probably rostered in most of your leagues. If they're not, I would say that the one I'd be more, more so prioritizing would be Jeremy McNichols, um, just as a PPR option who we mentioned on last week's show. But operating under the assumption that they are both rostered, I think that Foreman is a very um, interesting back to consider stashing for this week, just in the hopes that maybe he ends up somehow latching on to that lead role for the Tennessee Titans. Adrian Peterson is 36. Jeremy McNichols has never been a lead runner in the NFL. Even down to Foreman, he has never really been a lead runner in the NFL. Part of that is due to an Achilles injury that he suffered a few years ago. He's kind of bounced around to a few teams, but he has managed to stay on teams. He was actually even on the Titans last year, so he's clearly a back who they like enough to keep him around uh, beyond the first year that he was with the team. The fact that he saw five carries this past week, the fact that he led the team in rushing yards this past week, I think makes Freeman an interesting back. If at any point in time he were to become the lead back on that roster, I think that he um, is a is a back who is probably a top 24 back 
going forward if he's the back that's truly seen the lion's share of the touches I think right now is your chance to get Foreman on the cheap in hopes that maybe he becomes exactly that I'd be doing a 5 to 10 percent fab bid on him just because of the understanding of what I realize he maybe could become in the coming week even though you can probably get him for less than that so if you think you're in a league where no one's really going to be looking to add Foreman because he didn't have a big week maybe you only bid 1 to 2 percent fab on him I'm probably looking more in the 5 to 10 percent range in some of my leagues just where I realize that there are going to be people who are going to be willing to take a shot on him like me so i'll need to have a little bit higher bid to get foreman so um navigate your league look around a little bit maybe if you have a good understanding of the temperature in the room you can you you know what you need to bid on foreman to hopefully get him so i would be very fluid with that one but if you think you're playing in a league where um the there, there's not a lot of players available maybe it's a deeper league drop five to ten percent fab on foreman go ahead get him and stash him if it's a league where there's a lot more players available you don't think he's going to be catching the eye of the your league mates and maybe a one the two percent fab just to make sure you have a dollar amount on him win him stash him see what happens in the coming weeks if you are a new listener and want to learn all about the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, be sure to head on over to rotaviz.com and subscribe to the website. New subscribers can save 10% at checkout by using promo code RVRADIO2021. And that is going to do it for today's Waiver Wire Rider podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Rotoviz Radio wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a review. That always helps us out. And once again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.